the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, hello there, everybody. Dennis and Julie, Dennis Prager, Julie Hartman for this week's Dennis and Julie. I think I've asked this in the past, but it doesn't matter. I I don't remember the answer. That's why it doesn't matter. Everybody else will. Did we ever miss a week? No. I'm very happy about that. Well, as I say, we... Lockdowns, travel, doesn't matter. Well, lockdowns wasn't a thing when we started. We started about a year and three weeks ago. When you were at school, I, I was at school. There, oh, that was post lockdown. Yeah, that was when senior we year. Okay, all right. Anyway, great. So, folks, uh, I have, most of Dennis and Julie is truly spontaneous, which is, I think, its strength because it's so real. Yes. Okay, it's like a stream of consciousness of two human beings. But I, I'm just opening with a light moment of male female difference. So I subscribe to a magazine that I'm going to pick up in a moment and show it to you. And for those just listening, I will describe. It's titled Absolute Sound, which already, if I know Julie very well, she's beginning to fall asleep. So I want you to see the cover. It just arrived, the, uh, the latest issue of The Absolute Sound. There... I'm I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you're so happy. I I look at that and I am I feel tears coming. Bored. Bored. Exactly, no, it's exactly right. So on the cover, for those not watching, is the Rockport Technologies Orion loudspeaker. It is it is the it is a picture of a speaker. That is it. What now, what is so great about no, this? No, that's the point. There is nothing in you that relates to the excitement that a lot of guys would have looking at that. We 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 look at these uh, machines. What for some guys it's cars, for some guys it's airplanes, for some guys it's boats, for some guys it's loudspeakers, for other guys it's amplifiers, and and we get excited by the inanimate. You the the. What inanimate excites women? I think clothing. clothes. Yeah, clothes, clothes and exactly. shoes and bags, which generally doesn't excite men. Right, but you want your woman to look good. Yes, and you, you want, want us woman. to listen to Orion loudspeakers. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, he- here's the thing. I understand a bit the fascination with planes and and boats and all of that. I mean, I don't get the like nitty gritty wanting to get the understand the propeller. I find that to be really boring. But I get, you know, it's a machine that moves and transports people, and it's sort of an amazing technology. I understand the fascination with that. No offense, my dear, dear Dennis. I don't really get your fascination Wait, with the speaker. Wait, hello. Excuse me. 
Who had tears in her eyes listening to my audio system? I did have, I did well up a little bit. Okay, fine. So that it? No, I'm not expecting you to get excited about it. No, I like I want, the sound it produces. But if you produces. can understand boats and, and yachts and, and, and airplanes, because they do X, Y, or Z for people, this does X, Y, or Z. It did it for you. You know, I'm, I think this is a greater point about male-female difference. I'm happy that you're different from me in this way. I think it adds to life. Wait, I so think... why is that, a, why is that a, another point? I'm happy too. No, I know you are. Oh, oh, I'm saying so it's not just a di- moving. That's not a difference. No, no. I'm, I'm just saying a sort of more macro point than talking about speakers or planes. I think it's – think we're, we live in this time where people are trying to unravel distinctions. That's what's so sad about the whole transgender movement. I think one of the greatest parts about life is that men and women are different. What do they say? Variety is the spice of life. There are different foods, there are different places you can go, and there are different natures and creatures. And why, why is that uh, such I a bad thing? I feel so bad for kids who don't have the excitement of discovering the other sex. It's mm. a good point. Oh, it was such a feature in my young life, in, even in elementary school. Girls, they, it was such a fascinating subject. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, I know I, you're not. Yeah, it's like, funny. wow, what, what are they? I, I, I was so, you know, I had no sister, so I, yeah. I, I had no girlfriend. And no daughter. Right. Although, yeah, well, that's I'm, much later. Right. Uh, but it, it, it's le- learning the opposite sex is even being scared of the opposite sex a little bit, intimidated by whatever the term, and, you know, you're a little shy in the, in, I, I was a little shy, believe it or not, in the presence of girls. You know, will she like me? I mean, you know, it, it was, it's so wonderful in growing up and to deprive kids of this. There's really no difference between you. We're not going to say boys and girls in the classroom. Mm. And they don't. Teachers don't now. I know. Well, it's interesting because your life, you sort of lived it, at least in your own family, you had boys, as you said. You, right. you had a brother and then you have two sons. I'm actually the opposite. That's I have right. three sisters. Now, yeah. I'm, I don't have any kids, but we will, we will see. I hope well, I have no, no, boys, no. by you the way. You have two sisters. Did I say three? Yeah. Clearly, I'm exhausted. I'm we, one of three. We are three sisters. We are three sisters, yes. I also went to an all-girls high school, actually middle school slash high school, from 7th grade through 12th grade. It was all girls. That, oh, that's right. And um, you know I had <laughs> I had next to no social life because all I did was study and swim and, and work hard. And, you know, I look back – and, you know, I've talked on the show about how much I love my high school. It's really sad to see what's happened to it. In, in just the five short years that I've been out, it's turned into a woke cesspool. It was not the case when I was there. I, I really appreciated it when I was there. But the one downside of going to an all-girls school, which I think was so beneficial in so many ways, but the one very significant downside is that I didn't feel like I understood men. It was only when I got to college, when I was around guys, that I felt like I sort of came to understand the other sex. Because when you're in elementary school, there's a fascination, but you don't understand them really. And so I think that sort of impeded and, – and I've talked to my girlfriends who went to my, my high school with me about this. All of us are sort of um, – I guess you could call us late bloomers or like – I don't even just mean romantically. Yes, with 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 men because we just 
we just weren't right. used to, you know, having a guy in the classroom being a class clown or be, we just we didn't see that. So it took some adjusting. I still don't get them. I don't get you. So here's an interesting uh, observation for you. So I went to a religious Jewish school, but it was co-ed. My high school Mm -hmm. was boys and girls, but it was a religious Jewish school called the yeshiva. And there were other yeshivas, religious Jewish schools in New York City. There were a lot of them. And, in fact, we even had a basketball league, MJHSL, Metropolitan Jewish High School League of New York. So... When my team, and this is unbelievable to anybody who knows my school today, that we had cheerleaders. I mean, it's it, it's it's in short skirts. I might add. Wow. Uh, and, At yeshiva? And, yes. It, it's it, it. Orthodoxy has moved right, just as society has moved left. This is this mm-hmm. is part of, of of life. Anyway, we had cheerleaders. And I remember at the games, because I was on the team, on the bench the whole time, but I was on the team. <laughs> and and uh, uh, I was on the team because of my height, I, not ability. And I remember this vividly. The girls would go out and, and do their cheer. And the guys of my school would just basically talk to each other when the girls were doing their cheerleading. But the guys from the yeshivas that were all male went nuts. And it was such a fascinating thing for me to observe because they, first of all, we knew all the girls. They they they, they had names. They, they weren't just pretty girls in short skirts. They were Sheila or, you know, Barbara right. or whatever. And, and I realized there was an advantage of having girls in the class. They were more real to us than mm. to the guys who, who uh, had, had no uh, in, uh, interchange. I was going to say intercourse, but <laughs> in this context, it was not a good idea. Uh, you, so the, the truth is there are advantages and disadvantages to all one-sex schools. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not against it. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of advantages. But there are advantages to co-ed, too. Oh, definitely. I, I think one of the advantages of the school that I went to is that you didn't because boys were taken out of the equation, you didn't have the cattiness or the jealousy or the sort of um, typical high school dating oh, that's interesting. stuff. You think the girls were nicer to each other? Yeah, well, it's very interesting. I actually, yes, I do. But it's because my school, and again, I get a pang in my heart when I say it because my school's so different now. But when I was there, they really did inculcate great values into us that I think made us be nice to each other and not succumb to the cattiness that usually characterizes um, female relationships. Again, you, you wouldn't even believe how, how different my high school is now. And it's it's a real loss. You know, I got, this is something that I'm sure that you and others who are listening can relate to. When I graduated from my high school, I felt such a sense of gratitude and such a warmth in my heart for all of the friendships I had made, which I, as you know, you've met many of them. I still have to this day, all of the fabulous relationships I had with my teachers and just for the institution, the school itself. And I thought I'm going to be the most involved alumna going to you know try to give monetarily i'm trying to give give my time mentor students you know felt this this real sense of wanting to give back i found this felt a similar uh well a little bit of a different but a sort of similar thing when i graduated from college but now i look at these institutions and especially my high school 
and I feel a loss. It's almost like a loss of a person. My high school is not recognizable from the school that I went to. And I know that people feel this about, I'm sure, a lot of schools they went to, perhaps their workplace. Certainly, we feel it about our country. But I don't think that we talk about the sense of loss that comes with this wokeism. I actually said on my show just today, if you are, uh, if you graduated Yale and you donate money to Yale, uh, you're a fool. Yale is particularly bad. And I'm not just saying this. They just invited, Yale invited. Oh, I saw this, the anti-Semite. Really bad anti-Semite. No, no, she blames the Jews for the Holocaust. Yep. It's not Hitler's fault. It's the Jews' fault. Yep. She wants Israel exterminated. I know. When when a rabbi and his th- and three children were murdered by a Muslim terrorist in Toulouse, France, not even Israel, she said, "I am him, the terrorist, Mohammed Merah. I am Mohammed Merah." And she was invited second day of Passover to to uh, come to to Yale by Yale, N- not not by some. Jew-hating Muslim group or Jew-hating group, period, just by Yale. Anyway, it, it, that's just the latest. I mean, there, there are so many stories about Yale that have, you know, have nothing to do with Jews that are just reason not to give. So you had, I want to say this because I actually, because I'm open with my listeners. Of course. I actually had an inner debate. We <laughs> talk about this because... We're we're both a little. Uh, you're you're more concerned than I am because I have so many years and people are used to me. Uh, you know, you don't want to make this about you, so to speak, and I know that. But I want to make this about you, or at least your experience, because something very moving took place in Julie's life this uh, this weekend. She, it was her first time she was flown to a city to give a a lecture. And I remember this like yesterday when that happened to me at your age. The, I I pinched myself and I thought, and I I even told you on the phone, I said, I remember the city because I was living in New York then in my, uh, until I was 26. And I was flown to Nashville, Tennessee, which until then had, was a name, Nashville, Tennessee. Right. It, it was so exotic to me. Now, they're bringing me, Dennis Prager, <laughs> this kid, to I Nashville, know. Tennessee. And I don't think I got a, I got a, anything for it. They paid my airfare and hotel and and that was incredible to me. People are bringing me. Did you have that? Of course. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't. I mean, I was the whole time I was so honored and feeling so excited. And dare I say, actually a little proud of myself. Which yes, is, of course you which should. Which is um, ra- rare for me. Uh, this was in the Seattle area. So yes. You, they, well, it, it was actually, it actually wasn't. It was sort of, but I it said was area. Up, yeah, yes. right. So area generously, it was actually up north. I would say, you know, now that I think of it, I'll. I wonder if the, the distance between New York and Nashville and L.A. and Seattle are very similar. Yeah, probably. So I'd never been to the, to the state of Washington. Oh, that's another thing. It's so exciting. So I have to tell. I, I want to tell a few stories, but. Um, 
again, I don't want to make this about me. I want to make it about the experience and how much I took away from it and how much it touched me. So I land in uh, Seattle. I get in the car and the the lovely man who's driving me to my hotel, we started chatting and he said to me, uh, why are you here? And I said, I'm giving a speech. He said, what about? And I said, you know, it's so interesting. I Sometimes I don't know how to answer. I know. Isn't that weird? Oh, I, I'll talk to you about I could do an hour with you I, on that question. I don't know how to answer because right. – and, and clearly – I am not ashamed of what I believe. I'm no, not ashamed no, of right, what I do. Right. Hello, you, I'm on, you don't want to have a tense two hours. A tense two hours. Right. And sometimes you just don't want to get it. Sometimes it's right. just you're exhausted. Exactly. You don't want to get into yes. it. And you don't know. What if, did you say? Because I have a suggestion. What did you say? Well, I, I, I said I'm talking about um, the greatness of our country. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Which but, which actually would seem like a benign answer. Right. But today no, it tips today, off conservatism. Right. Okay. How did he react? Oh, he, it was it was incredible. He said to me, he goes, uh, and I said, because, you know, we live in a great country and I want to defend it. And he goes, well, I love this country, too. And that's like our little exchange of going, oh, you're conservative, I'm conservative. Right. That's right. We're going to have a great car ride. And we did. And so then we start chatting and you're going to you're going to be very touched by this, Dennis. So we're just pulling out of the airport and. You know, I'm telling him about the show I do. And I said, I do show actually with a man named Dennis Prager. And he goes, oh, he goes, are you kidding? He goes, I was just listening to Dennis oh. as I was driving in to, to pick you up. And he was listening to your Exodus series with Jordan Peterson. He was really um, like just startled. And I said, well, let's listen to it. I, you know, I haven't heard much of it. So we listened and we were chatting and he said that he thought that you, you were such a great listener. That's one of the things he said about you. In addition to being a great um, contributor to the conversation, you were an excellent listener. And he just couldn't believe that I know you and that I had the show with you. And then we listened to Dennis and Julie because I said I want to, you know, play it for you. And it was so fascinating. Must have blown this man's mind. Yes. <laughs> Totally. So, so that's not even the best part of the story. So, you know, we're listening to Dennis and Julie. And by the way, it was so interesting for me to listen to us being me, but not in it, you know, like sometimes I think something we have to work on is we say things like we know what the other person is thinking. And sometimes we'll have this exchange but we don't always make it clear to the audience. Oh, that's like if I remember something so we that you speak said, in shorthand? yes, oh, because we know each other so well. Oh and yeah, no, that we have to guard against. So that. Okay. I recognize that Dennis and Julie listener. So anyway, to make a long story short, I get to the hotel. It's a casino hotel, which is a whole other conversation unto its own. My impression: I'd never been inside a casino. Blew me away. I go to the front desk. It's about. I'm super. I'm. I'm paranoid. I always have to be like extremely early to places i got there so so early my speech was at night i got there at 10 30 in the morning <laughs> just in case my flight gets delayed and something happens right. i go to the front desk and they go oh you can't check in till three and i'm thinking oh my gosh i'm just gonna sit here and watch right. people. I, don't, I don't know if people know this you check out at noon but you check in at three that's the hotel yes, policy I all over the country I didn't know that. And I'm like, are you kidding? I'm just going to sit here in this lobby. I know, exactly. So I called the guy back, the driver. Right. Because we'd gotten so close on the two-hour call. And I said, I don't know if this is too much, but you mentioned that there was this beautiful body of water near this hotel. Would you mind taking me there? And he says, of course. So we, oh, huh. Oh, that's fascinating. 
L.A. Seattle is 300 miles longer than New York Nashville, so not, it isn't that uh, different. That's adorable. So he comes back. He picks me up. We go to this. It's called Bellingham Bay. We go to this beautiful bay. We stop by this rest stop. He knows people inside the rest stop. You have to understand, this is so different for me. I'm from Los Angeles. Big city. Impersonal. Right, you know, he knows. And he's a Native American. And I was in a part of Washington where there are a lot of N- Native American reservations. And I met some fellow individuals who were from a neighboring reservation. And we just sat there and ate candy in this rest stop and talked for like 30 minutes about... They were educating me about the different tribes and about the different state law. And I just thought the whole time, this is my life. Like, this is so cool. Instability, vulnerability, uncertainty, volatility, precarious, unpredictable. All of these words describe our banking system as evidenced by the recent collapse of two banks. Julie Hartman here for AmFedCoin in Bullion. This was the second largest bank failure in history, and the Federal Reserve has been scrambling to keep this bank run from spreading. If you feel uneasy about having too much money sitting in the bank, you're not alone. Gold, silver, and platinum have had recent gains as investors look for safe places to park their money. Now more than ever, you need to call Nick Grovich, owner of AmFedCoin in Bullion. Dennis has been doing business with them for many years, and he doesn't go any Anywhere else. Nick and his very experienced team of specialists will provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. Be smart and be prepared. If you're interested in buying or selling, call AmFedCoin in Bullion, 1-800-221-7694, or go to AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. And this was even before the speech. It was just going to a new place, seeing a different part of the country, seeing a different way that people live, meeting someone, making a friend. Like the whole experience was sort of out of body. And I had never learned about reservations or any of that. So it was just that's one of the benefits of of travel. It really if you allow yourself, you can learn an immense amount. Look, you know, I, the only thing I, I totally acknowledge I brag about. I've been to 130 countries and you all 50 brag states. It. It's amazing. And nine of Canada's 10 provinces. That counts, wow. too. But I know what you're saying. You travel, especially if you travel alone, which you did, there is no education like it in the world. And you realize you're... You're lucky to do it, and ironically, you realize you're not that special. Does that make sense to of you? Of course, I know exactly what you're saying. You feel you feel sort of. Um, I know it sounds corny to say, but you feel sort of small, or you feel like there's the world is really big. It's so big, and there are so many different like. People just live so differently, you right. know? And by the way, this wasn't even a foreign country that I was going to. This that's was just right. northern Washington. Yes, that's right. But for me, it might as well have been that's because right. I'm from liberal, you know, again, fake. And I, by the way, I actually love, you know, I feel a sense of um, uh, respect for my home city, though I'm disappointed with how, another, another loss. I'm disappointed with how it's turned out. But... You know what I got a sense of? This was a this was a conservative town. It was a rural town. And everyone was just so nice. 
I mean, to go to this rest stop and have people just talk to me and buy me candy of my choice and welcome me. And then when I went to the event, so many of the attendees, it was 350 people, they all, they knew each other and they live in this just gorgeous part of Washington near the Canadian border. And they all like are, you know, are members of the same church. And and it was just, I stepped into another stratosphere of realness and authenticity and good American values that I really don't see a lot in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. It was so they, as much as they think I may have done something for them by giving a speech, they did even more for me by showing me a different part of the country. And I felt that I gained so many friends. Well, tell about the friend you did gain. Oh, my goodness. Well, there I, I invited a listener of Dennis and Julie. Shout out to Bay. She is a um, 23-year-old young artist living near Seattle. She and I have been exchanging emails. And she... If you write Julie, you never know what will happen. The one thing you know is she'll respond. Well, I actually I don't know about that because I'm being inundated, but I I will you are? totally oh, read it. I will totally read it. Oh, and, she'll read it and forward right. it to me so it's at the top of my inbox. So I will respond because I just want to respond. To How her. do they write to you, Julie at Julie-Hartman.com? So she wrote to me and she said that she lived in Washington and she said you mentioned that you you know were speaking in the state. And I wrote back and I said, oh, my gosh, yes, you should come. And I invited her as my guest. She she took a ferry and drove because she lives sort of – I didn't realize Washington – Oh, she did drive. She didn't have to take an Uber. Or maybe she did take an Uber, but she – and it was a ferry and a car. took her three hours to get there from where she lives. And she came and she is magnificent. She is just – smart and i mean i knew this from emailing with her but she's a very special this person. is another blessing of our lives this is the greatest blessing the people we meet and dennis spoke with her because she was telling me how much dennis has influenced her and i i know this sounds self-aggrandizing and forgive me i love making people's day if i can make their day I love doing something for them that they may not otherwise, you know, be able to get. And I always thought if I'm in a position, like in a public position to do that, I will. So when she said how much she loved you, I said, let's call him. And Dennis spoke with her on the phone for a few minutes. That was very kind of you to do. Anyway, she's now my friend. We text, we call. She's she's just wonderful. And it's a test. It shows how good this show is. And this is not said as a compliment to us. It makes me feel so good about the show for attracting people like that. Oh, totally. The You've heard it, but not everybody listening or watching has. So in, in a nutshell, I have my mirror's theory of life. Mm-hmm. The mirror of your body is the physical mirror. The mirror of your mind is your writing. You want to know what's in your mind? Write. And if it doesn't come out clearly, it means you're not thinking clearly. And the mirror of your character is the people you attract into your life. Well, one of the things that you said to me just before this broadcast is you said, uh, you know, I love doing Dennis and Julie. We, we always say that. We just have so much fun. And you said, I feel so comfortable around you. And, do you remember saying this of just course. a few moments ago? And, yes. and you said, the reason is because I feel that I can be myself around you. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I actually said, we should talk about that on the show today. That is so true. And even with Bay, this this girl that, that came, I didn't I don't know her, but I felt I felt like I could be myself around her. Yes. With all the people at the event, 
I felt that they could see the the real Julie, and that is the such a blessing. The number of Americans who hide who they are. I recently had Sue and I, my wife and I, had uh, a a meal with a wonderful couple. I will only say that he is an actor in Hollywood, and I actually saw him in a movie. He's terrific, and he's a a big fan of my work, and he. He gives copies of my Deuteronomy com- commentary to friends. Well, I don't know about friends. I, he gives them out to some people. This is my point about the friends. So I asked them, I, first I asked him, does anyone in Hollywood know you're conservative? No. Mm. All the people he works with, not one knows this. What about your friends? I asked his wife. They're, they're, they're a young couple. And relatively young. She's her mid-30s. He's early 40s. And do do you have any conservative friends? Do you have any friends you could say what you think and said no? Oh, God. Uh, 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 I can't imagine that. No, I can't either. My heart broke for them. The thought that I had to hide my deepest values from my friends, they said, and they, they they acknowledged, they said, if they knew what we thought, we wouldn't have them as friends. They would leave us. And I'm sure they would leave them. I think that's, I think, I don't think that's paranoid. Yeah. You know, th- this reminds me of something when I was young and you were talking about boys and girls and, in, in, um, in, elementary school kind of discovering each other i remember when i was young there was a boy in my class who was very cute by fifth grade standards and one of my friends asked me why i didn't like him and my answer was i don't think he's a good person that's amazing it is amazing but it showed it showed from a really young age that was so important to me right that whoever i'm with is a good person and I don't know what what about what you just said made me think of it, but I think it's that you have to know, you have to know and be known, you, especially when it comes to friends or romantic partners or people in your life. I, and and I have been friends with people who don't share my political views or who, and it doesn't work out. And now that I'm on the other side of it, it's such a happier, liberating life when you are with people who you know and and who whose values you share. See, I'll bet that there is, I'll bet 25% of Hollywood is conservative. Oh, really? Oh, yes. I don't think so at all. Uh, uh, you, I think you that's don't think generous. It, you think that's generous. Okay. Yes. I don't because I know, I know so many, but they don't, they don't let people in Hollywood know. Let, let's, okay, so let's say 15%, okay? 10%, one out of 10. I think it's more than one out of 10, but it doesn't matter. They they can't meet the others in the 10%. That's the problem. That's, that's the closet issue. If you're in the closet, the enemy doesn't know you, but your friends don't know you either. So can I ask a question that may seem to be impertinent, and I sincerely don't mean it to be? I recognize, to use the left's favorite word, my privilege. I recognize that I get paid to talk about my values. 100%. And that is a privilege. 
I wouldn't. Yes. Now, now I want to give credit to myself because when I first came to your That's radio show right. two Correct. years ago, I didn't have a contract with Salem. I didn't nothing. Have, nothing. I was. I was a. I was in um, college. I had no idea this was going to turn out to my, be my career. I. I felt strongly, and I wanted to do it anyway because that's, that's just who right. I am. Right. And I just. I, I just have to be out with what I think. I, I can't hide it. Right. But now that it is my profession, I right. recognize my privilege. I want to say that. But I get that a lot of people might be fired or might be punished for espousing their views. But forgive me if this is impertinent. If this individual is in Hollywood, I'm assuming that they have some clout and some money. And is it a bit cowardly that this person is not talking about his views? Okay, so I don't know how much clout or how much money he has. I suspect not much of either. Well, if he's in movies. Yes, he he is. So what? Unless you're a star, how much do you get? But uh, so I, I I can't answer that question on the money. I, I certainly am sure that he doesn't have much clout. Your first question, though, I want to re- revert to. I when when people ask me, should Dennis, which I get all the time, should I come out of the closet? I never say yes. Mm. I only tell them that they're that in the closet they can't meet. Kindred spirits, you it, you're hidden both from your enemies and your potential friends. Uh, I just want them to understand the price they pay, other than the psychic or happiness price of right. being in the closet. But I don't have the chutzpah because exactly of what you said, I don't risk anything. I mean, I'm hated on the internet a lot, but it's, it's, my, my job is in it. In fact, the more I'm hated. The, the more my job right. future is guaranteed. Right, that's true. Actually, uh, so true. Uh, I know that we're we're in a rare privileged position to say what we think for a living, mm-hmm. not for a firing. So I just want everybody to know I I I don't have the right to tell you. Listen, kids ask me all the time. Uh, do I write what I think on my papers for for in high school? Mm-hmm. What college am I going to get into? Because the teacher is, is going to just, you know, give, either give me a, a, a lower grade, which is probable, or maybe even a bad recommendation, or, or whatever, whatever that constitutes. Is it's a it's my general answer is that if you if you compromise for a grade in eleventh grade, when will you stop compromising in later in life? And that's legit. By the way, do you know that the only time uh, Ben Shapiro and I publicly differed, we were both speakers at a Passover retreat a number of years ago, and uh, that issue arose. And he said, don't come out with what you say. We need conservatives to get into prestigious colleges, get the damn degree, and then go and tell the world what they think afterwards. Wow. Wow. Right. Wow. Yes. Mm. I, and I said, and I gave I my line. I, I don't know either. I, I I stand by what I say, but he, he, his attitude is not foolish. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I feel I feel for people who have to hide. What what makes my what makes me go crazy is more than the closet at work. Is that the this couple doesn't have one conservative couple friend. Mm, it's lonely. But when I think of it, how are they going to meet them? Yeah. 
Because if they put out a Facebook page and they say, oh, look, here, here, just read this thing by Dennis Prager or Ben Shapiro or Jordan Peterson or Charlie Kirk or, or whomever, they, they, they're afraid they'll lose their friends. Right. But I would say losing your job is worse than losing your friends. Oh, of course. I, because they're not your friends. A friend is whom you can talk and open up to. I feel grateful for the friends that I, I for for the friends that I lost, or I feel maybe grateful is the wrong word. No, no, no. Word, yes, yes, so, it saved you of, future. It's it's like it's like breaking up before you get married. It, yes, it's like even though at twenty twenty it was hard to go through, you know, kind of having my world be shaken up. I thought, you know what, this is a gift. I'd rather this happen at twenty than at fifty. At least now I know. That's right. And then I can attract new people. What I will say, and I totally agree with you and recognize that it's very difficult for some to speak to speak out and speak up. But I have been contemplating and thinking about Alexander Solzhenitsyn's essay, Live Not by Lies, now more than ever, because I, like you, am stumped when people ask me what, what, do, what do. do I do? And I say, if you can't, if you are in the position where it's going to harm your livelihood or, you know, if, if you're speaking up, I totally understand not doing that. But don't live by lies. Don't endorse or repeat what the other side is saying. At the very least, just remain silent or remain neutral. And that's a power that people don't realize that they have. They don't have to go and echo everything that the other side is saying. I played a, sh- a clip on my show of um, the universe. I, I know I'm sure that, that you've seen it. It was back from September. The University of Minnesota Medical School, their yep. inaugural ceremony. Uh, yeah, I played it twice. Yes, and the guy, the the guy is reading. You know, we're on tribal land, and we recognize our white privilege, and all this crap. And um, these students are are reciting it alongside him in this resigned zombie-like form which yes. weirdly is encouraging i mean it's devastating but it's also encouraging because they're not they're not saying it with vigor they're saying they're they're dead in tone to indicates that they they don't think it's great um or they don't I endorse it right. I, I i hope i'm right too but i play that on my show and one of the things i say is imagine the power if all of those students had just remained silent it would and have they been, didn't, that's it they didn't recite yes. it alongside. That is a huge power. We we live in this we live in this culture now where people think that you have to be loud That's or you have to have a it. podcast yes. or you have to do in order to to speak. No, sometimes the greatest power is if you shut up and you don't repeat the other side. And that clip is the most apt example. That's why Julie is Julie. You don't <laughs> have to react. Uh, I'm uh, I'm so happy you said this. All the University of Pennsylvania women's swim team needed to do was not show up. Yep. Totally. They are as complicit in having Leah Thomas, a male, win all these medals taken away from women because he said all of a sudden in the middle of the University of Pennsylvania career as it were that he's a that he's a female and they lost all these medals to him all they had to do was not they didn't have to go to the press they didn't have to say a word yeah just that's that answers all of this don't go to disneyland it ends disney uh and it's woke uh woke features don't buy bud light 
or, or any Anheuser-Busch product. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, that isn't speaking out. That's yes. just standing up. My biblical thing on Moses. His three acts that impressed God for why he picked Moses to take the... Are you about to quiz me to see how well I know? Oh, oh, I wasn't. No, please don't. I don't know Exodus as well as Genesis. (laughs) You will. I feel like a delinquent. I know. I will. And you still have Deuteronomy. Oh, trust me. Don't even even remind me. I I I don't don't want to place guilt on you. Uh, He did three things before meeting God at the burning bush. One... He saw a an, an Egyptian slave master beating a, a Hebrew slave, and he killed the slave master. Two, he saw uh, two Jews fighting, and then he uh, yelled at them uh, about about the fight, and then uh, and and ended that. And the third, he saw uh, non-Hebrew males bully non-Hebrew females at a well after he fled Egypt because of the taskmaster that he killed. So I point out Moses knew when when to kill, when to speak, and when to just stand up. All he did was stand up. He didn't say a word to the bullies. He just stood up. And we have to know how to resist evil. And you're pointing out, you don't have to even speak up. Just don't show up. If if one quarter of America's parents took their kids out of the schools that are ruining their children, truly ruining them, teaching them to hate this country, to hate goodness, basically to hate them because parental authority is, is sneered at at schools, and that would end it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say a word. Your point is so terrific. I'm just expounding on it. Had they just said nothing at the university, if people, by the way, people watching this or listening to this, you you could easily find it uh, on on the internet. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just Google U Minnesota University of Minnesota Medical School. uh, What would it be? um, Woke Pledge of Allegiance. I think that's what it's called on the internet. Okay, yeah. It's. It was cult-like. Yeah. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, the smoothest, and the coolest pillow you'll ever own. For our exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with the promo code Hartman. MyPillow 2.0's temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to buy the get one, to buy the... To get the buy one, get one free offer. Enter the promo code Hartman or call 1-800-566-7645 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. But that, anyway, your bigger point is is fantastic. I, I may write a column on it. Well, I, I may beat you to it, actually. Okay, I was do thinking it. I was right, going to write fine. a column on it. Yes. But I, I'll give you one other example. 
I know that you know this, and I believe I've said it on this program. At my graduation, Jacinda Ardern, who was the the prime minister of New Zealand, who said, if you don't hear it from the government, it's not true. She was one of those woke people. She was my commencement speaker. And during the program, she was talking about basically a lot of her speech was New Zealand's doing all this stuff right, and you, the United States, you know, are doing all this stuff wrong. And she talked about the gun buyback program that she had initiated in COVID and all this stuff. First of all, it's such a bizarre comparison because New Zealand is a country of five million people. And an island. And an island. I mean, five hours from the next country. Exactly. I mean, don't even don't even get me started on that. It's just like it's like comparing a small, you know, like mom and pop preschool to a huge By the way, university. I said five like, hours. I'm, t- I'm thinking it's not five hours by flight. Uh, why did I say five hours? Anyway, very. It's it's not right off Australia's coast. I mean, they're isolated. No, I know, I know. It's like I, I was going to say. It's like comparing a really small preschool to a big university i'm not talking about it in terms of worth just in size and scale and different organization etc but at one point in the speech she talked about abortion she talked about uh maybe she i can't remember forgive me maybe she passed something or her legislature passed something that that secured a, a woman's right to have an abortion and people in harvard yard were cheering and clapping and smiling like they had just been told that they were all going to get, you know, Oprah Winfrey, like go home with a car, car you know, that famous clip. And people stood up and I just remember I was so and, – and by the way, I said as recently as last week on this program, I get very conflicted about the issue of abortion. I am not a pro-life absolutist. I'm not a pro-choice absolutist. I'm very morally conflicted about it. But I couldn't believe the, that people were were smiling and they were treating this awful, awful thing like it was something to be celebrated. And I just sat there as people stood up and I just sat there and I had hoped that someone in that yard would see me. Maybe the people behind me, you know, would see me sitting there and remember that. Well done. By the way, I want to make a point about your being conflicted on abortion. You work for Salem Radio, which is evangelical Christian, yep. as I do, and it, it wouldn't even occur to you, well, will they fire me for being conflicted on abortion and saying it on, on a Salem network? It is a great credit to Salem. Well, I, it, 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 it is, never but it is me. also a great credit to the right. Yes, yes. That's, that's the, very that's, true. That's the bigger point. You can't be conflicted on anything on the left. What if you say you're conflicted on trans? Hey, maybe we really shouldn't put six-year-olds on on hormone blockers uh, or or whatever they're doing. Uh, I don't know. I I mentioned six because I heard a doctor talk about her six-year-old transgender patient. Oh, my God. She was proud to say she's treating a six-year-old transgender. But anyway. People need to go to prison. No, that's correct. Uh, you you There's can't felons. be conflicted on the left. No, you can't. You're absolutely a, right about yes. that. Uh, by the way, Larry Elder is pro-gay marriage, and and he was syndicated for years by Salem. The first time I ever went on your show, I didn't even know you. I mean, I felt as though I knew you because I listened to you so much. But I said that very first time that I was pro-choice and pro-gay marriage. I've evolved a little bit on the first, not really on the second. But um, I... It didn't even occur to me not to say that in front of you. 
and and I didn't even know you very well at the time, but I just yes. it was I felt so comfortable to your point on the right expressing some ambiguity because I think what conservatives are real people. They understand that life is complicated. Yes, there as right. Tom Sowell says, there are no solutions, there are just trade-offs. It's a human you know, actually it's so someone brought up to me recently because I did say on the last show and I spoke very openly about what what I may do if I were in that position. I mean it was a very raw episode. Someone said to me, you know, I can't believe that um you feel so open, you know, expressing how conflicted you are. And I just thought it's not even an option for me to not express it. It's a human thing. I feel like that was me being human. I feel like there's something maybe a little bit wrong with you if you're not conflicted about something. But you can be human on the right. Exactly. You can't. It's it's a very, very important point. Um, That's correct. I don't know if. Sydney to Auckland is three hours. So it's a three. Okay. So that's a lot. That's long. Three hours by jet give you an idea how far new zealand is from australia i I knew it was something i didn't uh, as i said i you know i you have this voice in you which cracks me up of what did i do wrong basically you you live your life with what did i do wrong Uh, i have a different voice in me and that is did i tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth Mm mm-hmm I'm I'm truth uh, obsessed because I know that all evil comes from lies. I I know in the New Testament, uh, what is it? Uh, love of money is the root of evil, or so, something. Uh, what is the root? Of, what what is the exact verse? Look it up, Sean. Uh, it's very I'm very close, and, and and the love of money does cause a lot of evil. It's that's it, loving money is not the same as liking money. And, and uh, you know, love and like are a very important distinction. But the the real mother of evil is lies. And I, I, I okay, the, the love of money. I was right. The root, the love of money is the root of evil. Okay. Any anyway, uh, this this experience that you had, I t- I told you privately, and I'll say it publicly. I have very few regrets in my life, including things that have been very painful, but I don't regret them. Uh, I, I learned from them. I, 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 I don't know what I could have done to prevent what happened, but there is what I have, and that is not keeping a diary. That is purely a function of being lazy. You know, you motivated me so much when you said that to me on the phone yesterday that I actually, I didn't even tell you this. I wrote about six pages in a notebook about just some impressions. Well, by the way, weekend. you might want to adopt the Alan Estrin uh, policy. Oh, yes. A page a day, a page a no day. matter what. If oh. you have 10 pages in you, keep it a page. If you have no pages in you, make it a page. Wow. Well, I, it's laziness, too. I'm just so tired at the end of the day. I just don't want to. I know. Nobody I does. That's do why it. most people don't. Also, it's emotionally. But, I just don't. Sometimes I'm just, I want to watch Real Housewives. Correct. <laughs> I know. Okay. And and I would want to do my thing. I understand. You want to listen to yeah, whatever yeah, the yeah, heck. Yeah, read the, the absolute supersonic sound. Exactly. spaceship. By the way, I had, I had, uh, Sue and I had lunch yesterday with a couple, and uh, you know, it was wonderful. There was a wonderful lunch, 
and we had never met before, and he he brought me a gift, which is uncalled for completely. I just want to make that clear. When people give me gifts, 95% of the time it's cigars, which I deeply appreciate because it's such a beautiful gesture. But you know what he gave me? A gorgeous fountain pen. Oh, wow. I'm afraid to give one to you because I'm so afraid I'm not going to pick the right thing. You know, not know what, what okay. constitutes a gorgeous fountain pen for you. It would be very, you know me, I can't imagine you would pick a loser. But there's no reason for you. I'm, I'm still dying to get you one. I know. Dennis was so sweet. A few months ago, he said, I want to buy you one as a gift. And I still haven't picked one out. Honestly, it's because I don't. I feel so. I don't want you to have to give me a gift. I feel so bad. Oh, then I'll just buy it on my own. Okay, fine. <laughs> that, you, you've just you've just settled the, the matter. If that's the reason. Oh, so I'll tell you something you'll find fascinating. Okay. So you don't want me to spend the money to get you a fountain pen. So you've been hesitating. Yes. Okay. So you will appreciate this. So. Another recent lunch with with a couple, and I I I just strongly sensed that two things. One was not a it was perfectly middle class, but but not wealthy. And two, that uh, he would insist on paying for the meal. So I didn't order an entree. Because because I've done of that. that before, I've done that many. So before, I actually. I so get your fountain pen point, but I can afford one more than that guy could have. Uh, it it's very look. I don't want to dwell on it because I don't want to make people think I, I I'm talking about some saintly behavior. I'm just aware, right? And uh, I resonate. That's. Part, that's a big reason we resonate to each other because mm-hmm. we think that way. So, so that, that anyway, that that's touching. Now I know why you're delaying. Yes, I've been delaying a lot. Uh, makes perfect sense. All right, I'll pick out one. What the hell? You don't like it? I'll keep it. Okay, deal. That's right, and it's a deal. So because it's Dennis and Julie, and because I just. Even outside of this, I just want to hear your thoughts. Can we talk a little bit about casinos? Oh, that's right. Because this was yes. this was sort of a moment for me. I had never been to a casino, and this hotel I was staying at, as I mentioned, was a casino. And Julie has had somewhat of an insulated upbringing. <laughs> I don't. I, really, it's not a bad that, thing. Is yes. that insulated yeah, to never I, have I, gone I, to I, a casino? I, growing up in L.A., you didn't grow up. Where in, the hell in, are there casinos? Oh my God! Are there casinos? Sean, are you I'm listening to the at show? Sean. Or, or are you the, really? Yeah, yeah. If all the all the producers are no, giving no, me the, a thumbs up, where, it's like saying, where, "Where are there restaurants? They're all over the place." I I swear, I don't. I, and also, we're, where? we're we're a car ride from Las Vegas, the gambling capital of Earth. Okay, that I know Las Vegas has that. I don't. But you've never been there. I've been to Las Vegas, but I was really young. So okay, I guess so I have you, been inside a casino, but I've never... Like, you never I was knew so you young. were. I, okay, yeah, fine. I was just okay, I was yeah, like, what's so this? So go on. Yeah. This was my first time like in a casino. No windows. That's right. 
so many lights, so many sounds. Do you know why no windows? Yes, they don't want you to know what time of day That's it is because right. they want you to okay. keep gambling. Oh, trust me. I, I went down a rabbit hole. I was reading uh-huh. all about casinos. And it was 1030 in the morning on a Friday. And by the way, this is, before I say this, people are going to think I'm judgmental and I'm wagging my finger. Anything in moderation, I don't judge. Right. Within the bounds of the law, I don't judge. Right. Including gambling. Right. However, this was a Friday morning. As I aforementioned, I had showed up to the hotel several hours before my speech. They weren't going to let me check in. And so I... Uh, decided. Wait, did your hotel have a casino? The hotel you stayed the at hotel had a casino? The hotel was a casino Oh, hotel. it was. Okay, go on. And I just decided to walk through the casino, and there were so many people there at 10.30 in the morning on a Friday gambling. And f- please, you know, forgive me if I'm offending anyone who gambles. Again, in moderation, I totally understand, but they looked so ghostly. They looked so dead. They, I mean, it was just, it was really depressing. I, I think if it had been several, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, that's, that, and they're all what, within a few miles of here? Is that right? Yes. Well, that, Sean, that for those hilarious. who are listening, just put up a map of LA and casinos. Okay, oh, so I grew up around here. There are no casinos where I grew around right, where that, I grew so up. So that's what I said, insulated. Okay, go ahead. Okay, but I don't know if that's look at all of the other sort of residential areas of LA. Uh, there are no casinos. Uh, okay, okay. Julie, God bless you. Go on. So you No, I'm I, this is like this is like um, You're defending what's yourself. The word? I'm not accusing Cohort. you. I'm oh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not accusing you of By anything. the way, the Shabbat dinner table, everyone, just so you know, everyone agreed with me. That cohort is usable. Yes. Okay, go on. And that you are wrong. Uh, anyway, right. so uh, it was just, it was so ghost. They just, honestly, I know this is going to be a weird analogy for some people. It reminded me of communism. Even though gambling is the most like capitalist thing ever, they all looked like robots. They all, like, I just got this sense that they were being used and they were cogs in the wheel. Like it just, it felt so like they were being manipulated with the no windows. And I just, and and the final thing I'll say, and that I'm very, very eager to hear your thoughts is this is one of the reasons why I'm not libertarian. This is the reason why I'm conservative, because I believe that you should let people do what you want, what they you know want to do within the bounds of the law. But you also have to suffuse values into society to make it work. I have no problem with people gambling in moderation, but I resent this culture that we live in where people talk about gambling and endorse gambling and and. Uh, you know, try to encourage other people to do it and don't recognize that it is manipulating overwhelmingly working class people because you usually do not win money when you're gambling. You lose money. The lottery it's is manipulating. a poor man's tax. It is, it, is, it is just so manipulative. And I have such a disdain and anger for elites in society who are not using their power responsibly in order to highlight this. They are using people. And cultivate it. Yes. Oh, God. So- you made me sick. That my first question to you when we spoke was, what time of the day was it? And I I analogized morning gambling with morning drinking. Yep. Alcoholics drink at 1030 in the morning. Non-alcoholics don't. I mean, it's, there may be exceptions, but that's basically a truism. And if you're gambling at 10.30 on a weekday, I mean, it's not like it's a weekend when they're taking off and they're sleeping at the hotel. 
But that's why your point was correct to note it was a Friday morning, not a Saturday or a Sunday. So I have been to innumerable casinos. I I, I used to go to Las Vegas, believe it or not, uh, to uh, to teach the Bible. I mean, I, which is hilarious to go Las to Vegas. Las Vegas to teach the well, Bible. Well, there are a lot. There are a lot of people who live there. It's a very big city. And that's true. And, and, You're right. And you can lead a normal life in Vegas. You you can never go to the Strip. And if they go, they go shopping or or, or eating. So it, it, it isn't all uh, it isn't all gambling. There's a normal life to be had in Vegas. It's a serious city now. Anyway, uh, I I came to realize because uh, I this was not something I ever saw in my extended family. There were no gambling addicts. Mm-hmm. So I I came to understand it through the radio as I've come to understand so much, people would call up and say they're in, you know, gambling, gambling, uh, anonymous, uh, or gamblers anonymous. That's what it is. Yeah. There are a lot of people's lives ruined by gambling. Of course. And I came to realize another thing, which I wonder if you know, there are a lot of people who have, who are, gambling addicts but never set foot in a casino or bet a nickel they're in stocks oh Hmm. for many people this is not a condemnation i'm just describing a reality the stock market is their uh, is their legitimizing gambling addiction expression fascinating it is isn't it Mm -hmm. and i now, also, I'll tell you another fascinating thing. This has really been preoccupying me, as you probably know, for not long. And I don't know why. It's the most obvious thing. I should have realized this at your age. Nature. Not human nature. Our own individual right. nature. See, I get no credit. I deserve zero credit for not being a gambling addict. I want to be again. I, I want to gamble as much as you want to read this issue of the Absolute Sound <laughs> from cover to cover. No, same, uh, right? Exactly, yeah. and and yet vast swaths of humanity love gambling. I mean, this is not a, an American thing at all. I mean, it's huge in Asia, for example. Really? Oh, huge! Wow, I didn't know that. Yes, mm. and. Uh, why I don't have it and vast, you know, billions of people do have it. There's no, there's no answer to that. It's, it's, you're very lucky or unlucky with what nature you're dealt with, uh, uh, dealt when you're, when you were born, as it were. I told you my six-year-old grandson, he's a total character. I mean, and and you know what I, I, you know what I realized? They say, of course, you can transition to the other sex. It is easier. I don't believe you can. Okay, you can certainly feel it and look it, and I understand that. But I don't believe you can become the other sex. But anyway, you can no more become a character yes. than you can become the other sex. Please tell the story to the. Oh, viewers. you mean the one for Basil? 
<laughs> to illustrate how much she's a character. No, it's no, so he, cute. He, he, it, it cracks me up to observe him because I'm a character, so I totally relate. You're a character, by the way. I don't know if everybody knows that about you. I know. I know. I feel like I feel, I feel so myself on this show. Right. I'm but, not Right, but you're it, not a character. Right. But I'm not a character on this yes. show. It's because I have two sides of me, one that's super goofy and weird, and then another yes. side that's very intense and intellectual, and I feel like the, the latter right. side comes out more. Well, here. what you'll eventually have to work through, because I want people to know you, and it will be more, make you even more effective, is how to do that without acting. Yes. Uh, I can't uh, act. I mean, it's impossible. Right, okay. So, but, but I want right. to suffuse you'll, you'll the character. Fi- you'll figure out yeah. uh, over time. But uh, so... <laughs> I was giving, I, I was in Mexico for the Passover holiday uh, as I was speaking, I was invited to be the speaker at a Passover retreat. A lot of, a lot of people, whoops, a lot of people were there in Cancun at, at a stunning, stunning resort. And the reason I do this every year is I, I get to be with my two sons that, uh, and their wives and their children. One is not yet have children, but anyway, so uh, it, it makes for a wonderful Passover holiday for all of us. So I I gave three speeches, and one of the speeches I I ask a question of the audience, which I rarely do, but I was very curious to get. Uh, the, uh, and I'll briefly state it in the in the liturgy of of the Passover Seder. There is the story of. The Four Sons. It's called The Four Sons. Almost every Jew who is, knows anything about Judaism knows it. And there are four sons. So there is the bad son, the wise son, the simple son, and the son who doesn't know how to ask. Those are the four sons and how you should address them. So I said, even as a kid, I wondered if there's a bad son, why isn't there a good son? So I said, I'm just curious how many here, and there are about 200 people at the speech, how many here have ever wondered why is there no good son given that there's a bad son? And literally about five hands go up. People had never wondered about that. And I look around and I see someone in the front row is raising his hand. It's my six-year-old grandson. Who wasn't sitting with his father. Who exactly was there, like, on his own, <laughs> and, and seriously raising his head. I've wondered why there's no good... I, I, it's hard for me to believe he has. Yeah, do you think but, he just was doing uh, it? I have no idea. I, I forgot to really ask him. But, oh, God, did I laugh seeing his hand go up. <laughs> <laughs> He is so cute. He is such a, and, and I'm not, you know, I don't. No, no, I know that. I'm yes. not a big kid person. Right, me I'm neither. Not like, oh, Believe it or not, I mean, I'm the same. I, I don't, uh, oh, this is really a, uh, another subject for another time. All right, I'll do it now even. Okay. So I am, I am now going to elicit hate mail. Oh, no. But I'm, I'm prepared. I, I, it's hard. It's hard for me to even say because people do it with such love, and I take it that way. I just want people to understand that. But I don't have a particular interest in seeing a picture of your grandchild, and I therefore never show anyone a picture of my grandchildren because I assume they're as bored by it as I am of a picture of their grandchild. (laughs) I love your honesty. 
I love your honesty. So I wonder how, but okay, thank you. Uh, I agree. I told you I'm crazed on truth issue. But I'm very curious how many people think like I do. I think more than than uh, one would admit. I would say that I agree. I, there is a but. I loved meeting your two grandsons. Can I yeah, say Yeah, because names? you know me. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah of course you yeah, can. Jack, yeah. and, Jack and Daniel, because I know you. They're yes. related to you. I no. want to see if they look like you. I want to see if they have your mannerisms. It's fascinating for me to observe. But when I meet someone random and they're showing me a photo of their grandchild, it's right. difficult for me to... Right, and I think that women are more into it than men even. Yes. So if you're not that much into it, I would like to know how many men are just thrilled (laughs) thrilled to see a picture of your grandchild. Well, this is – well, I want to make a distinction that's really, really, really important. Dennis and I – I'm going to speak for you. I feel comfortable doing so because I know you so well. We love hearing about people's lives. You know, when I'm oh, in a speech yes, and I ask much. people questions about their... Oh, their, I even want to hear about their grandchildren. Yes. Not, not stories, totally. but what, how did they turn I, out? What, where did, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want the viewers to confuse this with lack no, of interest. Like no. anything you tell about your life, oh, I'm no. just faking I'd interest. I'd rather hear it from them than from me. Yes. I actually love asking random people who I don't know from Adam about their lives. But yes, showing a photo, like, that just doesn't resonate. Uh, Okay. So my mom would agree with you. She's always. Really? Oh, totally. My mom says to me, like, oh my God, who cares? Well, really, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. What? What did he say? I can't hear him. Tell people how they can send pictures of their Oh, yes. <laughs> you can send. Actually, wait. I feel so bad because Dennis and Julie listeners have sent me photos of their families. That's different. That is, I right? love seeing that. I love seeing that, too. I that, like no, seeing. No, no. We're talking random. Yes. You're sitting next to someone in yes. the plane. Oh, and, and they. Okay, okay. Okay. I just want to make that clear. I, I love pictures yes. of listeners' families. Oh, I love seeing what they look like. That, yes, oh, looking at uh, their that, eyes. Uh, I have always cherished looking that. into their yes. eyes through the screen. But <laughs> I rather. Oh yes, even worse. As well, here's a, That's an interesting question, Sean. No, you don't. You might have meant that as a joke. What's his question? Would you rather see their grandchildren or their pets? <laughs> and I have to say, Pet. their pets. <laughs> And I, 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 and I am not of the. Oh, I don't have children. I have two cats. I don't. I'm sorry. I, have I, to I, agree I want with you, you to have children. But if it's a picture, I I rather see your dog. <laughs> well, we have to figure out why that is. I think it's because you don't want to keep talking about someone well, you don't know. Well, I don't know. A kid is a kid, but every dog is fun to look at. They make me laugh. Or I listen. You uh, just hate kids. This is this is the headline. No, I do. I, yeah, I, I know. know. That's what the they'll do. The headline is. Remember when you said? Oh, the, the fifth the graders. Uh, yes. That's right. Yes, I know. It's a joke. I know. Ask my grandchildren if they think I hate them. By the way, because I want to work on Dennis and Julie, not just communicating in shorthand. The thing that we're referring oh, to. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Is there's this fifth grade class that said there was a poster that said the world is better because you're in it. Dennis criticized it, and then the left media that's said that right. he hates children. Dennis hates fifth graders. And this is proof. Dennis that he, attacks fifth graders. Yes. 
Because I'm not prepared to say to all fifth graders, the world is better because you're in it. Here's the irony. I'm begging people to have children so that they have fifth graders. The left doesn't want you to have children because of global warming, but I'm the one who hates fifth graders. Everything is upside down. Everything is upside down. You can send me photos of your pet at julie-hartman.com and you can follow us. Actually, are we transitioning away from Dennis Julie Pod? Okay, see, we're trying to make everything more centralized and easier. So the Dennis and Julie show this episode is going to be on the Julie Hartman YouTube show page. And then you can follow me at Julie R. Hartman, and that's where you'll see Dennis and Julie videos. We just don't want to send people to a million different places. Or maybe I'm just a narcissist and want it all to be By the way, I... Kidding. I'm, I'm preoccupied with this subject, and I know we should be saying goodbye. I, when I think of it, if I meet somebody and, I, and they have an adult child, I would be interested in seeing the Yes, picture. because you want to set them up with me. That is entirely accurate, but not <laughs> only because of that. That is true. I scour the earth for your husband. Thank you. That is one I of the scour reasons. The earth too. That is one of the reasons God has put me in this world. <laughs> Where are you? No, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah, I sound so pathetic. See you next time. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Sean just looked at me like pathetic. you sound so pathetic. <laughs> Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.